All right, everybody, welcome in. Make yourselves at home. I do want to take a second to personally welcome in Fickety Wickets, who is in the chat for about 45 <laughs> minutes yeah. before. We Round appreciate you. I'm Round seeing a lot of familiar faces in that chat, but I just got to shout out Thickety Wicket. So welcome the one, in. You know, announce that to our, our, our festival audience right here. Yeah, well, so welcome in. Come on and join us. Make yourself comfy here in the, in the confines of our expansion mansion. There's lots to talk about for match day three, and I've got a fantastic panel to help me dissect it all. To my right, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> former Liga MX, former MLS, Mexican international, and now Fox Deportes, Mariano Trujillo. Welcome to the debut. Don't forget his podcast. Oh, podcast. Of course, of course. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to be in the expansion mansion. It's a pretty nice mansion. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Beans. Thank you, Max Bredos. And thank you to all the guys I see over there in the chat. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to make the analysis and to put everything together. If, if you guys can, because I believe you guys are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes when you have a player that just kind of carries the team. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to introduce me? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I actually used up a lot of my time on introducing Mariano, so I'll just say, the soccer OG's with us. Max Bredos is back. Hey, 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 hey. Well, the soccer OG is all you need. I mean, that's kind of I know, but it was pretty brief. That's impressive. I was expecting a few more layers to it, but I'll take it. Maybe next time. Okay. And Vince, we have to remind the people to subscribe, subscribe to this channel. It's very important. Helps us grow. Share this show around. And guess what? I hear Don Garber's watching right now. It's his favorite show. Let's drop some Garber bucks on it. He's he's promised me some gam if we can some get gam. if we can get over a thousand subscribers. So let's yeah, do of this. Course. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, the best way to do that is to get right into the biggest storylines and topics that are circulating through the world of social media. It's time to see what's hashtag trending. All right, guys, let's start out. Let's start out the far side of the country, out there in New England, uh, at that uh, stadium that was that will not be named because they're not a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, no. Because they yet. got it wrong in the rehearsal, anyways. Yeah, uh, but let's talk a little Gillette. bit about Gillette Stadium. Yeah, Max. Max. We don't give not away. Free, we don't give not away yet. free reads. Hello. One day they're gonna come. They're gonna knock on the door yeah. and it's like, hey guys, I want to be in the expansion mansion. Yeah, Gillette was about right. to just give me one of those five or yeah, twenty course. blade razors. Not <laughs> oh, like, in, like in Costco. Yeah. Not anymore. Twenty pack razors. My my wife gets those. Lasts me forever. It's great. But this was a crazy game. So the defending supporter shield champions are up two nil, and then RSL, who we don't talk a lot about, comes back three to two. I mean, what what do we make of this game? It was a surprise to me because it's it's New England, it's Bruce Arena. You know, if you have a two nil lead, it's almost impossible to lose the game. Uh, I know the, the circumstances, the weather, and all that you, you can discuss and argue, but uh, to see a Bruce Arena team with a lead losing the game, it was a surprise to me, mm -hmm. honestly. And I think that talks a lot about Pablo's Mastroeni. Um, uh, character as first as a player now as a coach and I think he's uh, conveying that to the to the R RSL team don't underestimate Real Salt Lake we learned that last season in the playoffs and they came back here in an odd game it's really hard we'll we'll address that here shortly about how to play under those conditions mm -hmm. there was a really nice moment at the end I don't know how nice it was but Bruce <laughs> Arena and Pablo Mastroeni said hello and they were laughing who knows what was being said <laughs> I'm sure Bruce emptied the chamber but they're friends and they they're I was curious to, to know so maybe I'll ask them when I run into them although it'll probably be dated by then but uh, uh Real Salt Lake we could say hey didn't do much in the offseason they're gonna struggle probably at the bottom of the west proceed with caution on that take yeah, are we sleeping on them? I mean, they haven't lost. They're we always sleep few, on Real Salt Lake. Yeah, we always do. But we're one yep. of a few undefeated teams. But to your point, without much movement, Pablo Mastroni is quietly putting together a team. And I think in MLS, that can mean 
just as much as a big signing at times. Of course, and, and we can compare this team with uh, Colorado and Robin Fraser. The first year wasn't that good, and slowly but surely he's putting a team together that is competing, and, and it might be a contender in this season, maybe the next one. I think with Mastroianni and Salt Lake, it can be the same story if they give him time. I think he's a, a, a very good coach, has experience as a player, so I think they have to be patient with Pablo, but these type of results, they show you they're going in the right direction. Okay, so we haven't gone to the weather yet uh, because <laughs> I'm, saving, I'm saving it for a uh, – we've got a special correspondent. Uh, it's last year's MLS MVP. Uh, he's got a hot take on this weather situation. So let's hear from uh, Carlos Heel. How's the weather? Uh, I don't understand nothing today. It's, uh, I don't understand. Uh, Mm. Well, oh, it works so well. He really I'm, doesn't understand. I'm with him. I don't understand. I, <laughs> don't, I, understand. Don't, understand. <laughs> I don't understand what happened either there, Carlos. We're, we're, we're going to try to go back to him. It works so well in rehearsal. I was, we were just waiting on bated breath. We're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's because, you know why? It's because we, even though we've all seen this now like 10 times, I love this soundbite. Just like it, you said, it, Max, it, this is amazing. an ultimate soundbite. One of the all-time soundbites in MLS history. I'm thinking of all of them we had, and I know uh, Extra Time runs that Josie Altidore soundbite after Toronto. Yeah, that one, one. needs to go. Maybe <laughs> this one needs to replace it. This is the new one. This is the best. I'm such a well-spoken man, and it's like you just, just transfix at his every word. Uh, we need more of that. These things, you'll watch. They stand the test of time. Max, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> Okay, I've got, I've got word. We've got him. Is okay. he ready? Let's, Is he let's ready? try it again. Let's okay, go. Let's go with Carlos here. Your internet did not cut out, Luis. Uh, what I love most about that is he starts off cool, calm, and collected, <laughs> slowly crescendos, and then he's F-bombs. And he keeps oh, saying, ranting. I don't understand. He understands. He gets it. <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. I love well, this is not football. Well, that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Well, our, our colleague, Alexi Lawless, afterwards, wasn't having any of it. He was like, look, you know what you came here for. Alexi obviously played there in New England. Uh, Mariano, you have been through the travails of MLS yes. in yes. a different – I mean, literally, you could play in the snow and then be in 100-degree weather the next week. So what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with Alexi, you know. Uh, you know the, the league that you're playing in, and uh, that's part of it. He lives in New England, so he knows the weather. And he didn't start the game, so probably that's why he was upset, because being on the bench and being on the field is completely different in terms of the weather. It's worse, right? I, I, yeah, I agree. But listen, I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from, but you have to adjust as player. Even, even if it's not the best condition for you, you have to adjust and adapt to get the result, because in the end, it's that what you're playing for, the, their final result and to get the victory. He wasn't happy because he's a tiki-taka player, and obviously in those circumstances, you cannot perform at the level that he wants. He was right. It wasn't football, though, right? It, it, looked like, it looked like it set us back 30 years there. Right. And keep in mind, uh, <laughs> the league starts late. This is the earliest it's ever started. So, you know, you'd like to clear games in February and March. 
in Major League Soccer and hopefully have games like that in April. And if you have a weather like that, it's kind of a freak mm -hmm. uh, situation. That's part of it here, but um, uh, he's right. He's right. They shouldn't play like that. Really? He's out of, well, he's right in that. He's wrong in having a – what do they do? Reschedule it? Okay. You can't really reschedule it. No, you can't. But, but look, it's okay if he's upset. Soccer USA says, you find a way to get the result. That's it. That's that's what the game is about. Well, what about right. was it unsafe after, or is he just whiny? So after the game is not the time to talk about it. So uh, I think Max's point Walk is off the, the guys that scheduled, you know, the schedule makers. Look, don't put New England playing in New England at this time of year. But Carlos Hill, it's too bad. Remember uh, the Snow Classico and yeah. Costa Rica played it, and everyone says the Costa Rica complained afterwards as if you wanted to, you should have walked off the field. Well, maybe it works. Well, you, you try to take advantage to play at home, right? So <laughs> that's nice. if, if that's the weather, then use it. It's not against the rules. We all know the rules. The referee was there. The ball was bouncing, which is one of the main rules. And if it's uh, if it's a good condition for the ball to move and run, that's fine. You yeah. can play. Uh, so uh, suck it up. Real Salt Lake, this, it was good for them. They're yeah. used to that True. kind of weather. Right. They would have hoped in Orlando yeah. or Miami. Right. <laughs> they would have been like, oh, I can't. There's yeah, nothing yeah. we could sorry, do. Sorry, sorry, Carlos. All right, let, let's, let's <laughs> no, move on do. to a game that was just bizarre to easily the best game of the weekend. Mm. Seattle beats the Galaxy 3-2. to two. two teams that we think are going to be right up there at the top of the Western Conference when all is said and done. Uh, but when you look at this game, who, who did we learn more about? It was Seattle's first win. We were always kind of saying, CCL, they're pacing themselves. Seattle does this. They always yeah. pace themselves. Mm -hmm. Galaxy, they, even though they, they were in a playoff spot for all of last season, they miss out on the last day. Who did we learn more about? Hmm. Hmm. I, I like, I, first I would like to preface this and say I like what the Galaxy are doing. Uh, they've played well. They've gotten results. They were on their way to getting a result here. I thought they outplayed Seattle for long stretches. It was just a case of paying a very heavy price for a mistake, which could be something they deal with all season. So they've got to be careful. Um, Julian Araujo is going to have much better games. He yep. let stuff get by him, and he's a, a, a different level class player than what we saw over the weekend. Tough place to play, Seattle. So uh, I'd be, I mean, obviously you're upset if you're Greg Vandy because of the way this game ended and you, you're able to tie it and then give, concede the lead again. You've got to be a little better than that. But there's enough positive there to, for me not to be too critical of the Galaxy. Seattle was due. They got so much class. And it was also nice to see some Obed Vargas uh, in this game because the 16-year-old from Anchorage, Alaska is... Uh, that hotbed of soccer. I, I'm telling you, man, it's uh, Anchorage has lost, Seattle's gain, and he is, uh, he's one of the really good young teenage players in this league, so keep an eye on him. I think he's number 73. Mm -hmm. 73? Yeah. They're in different yeah. spots in the standings. Who are you higher on coming out of this game? Well, I mean... <sighs> hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. It's just... With Seattle Sanders, you always, like you said it, you know, they pace themselves. I think their focus right now is CCL, uh, and, and they know it's a long season MLS. It's one of the first games, so if they lose this game, it's, nothing is going to happen to Seattle. With Galaxy, I saw a couple of positive notes, but, uh, but I would like to talk a little bit more about this Galaxy chemistry and a couple of players later in the show. But, uh, but one of the things that I would like to highlight is the... Uh, the way they bounce back from conceding goals, which is something that they didn't do in previous seasons, especially with Greg Vanny. One, one goal conceded and they were crumbling in, on defense and they were shaky. Now you can see different individuals, not only Chicharito and, and a couple of players, uh, Douglas Costa, for example, different players uh, stepping up. You know, Marky Delgado in the middle of the field. I think he's Ravelison as well. Raheem so Edwards. I, Raheem Edwards, for example. Yeah, you're the you best know, player see, of, the, of the game. Yeah, exactly. I so I, I really like what I saw from this LA Galaxy, uh, regardless of the final result. It's just the beginning, but I think they're going in the right direction. 
I'm still a little worried about the Galaxy when I think about their back line. Mm. Uh, they can see three goals all in set pieces. One a penalty, but two set pieces that were right down the middle, right down the gut. You're a former defender. Yeah. Yeah, that, How do you feel about their defending? It wasn't quite defending, I would say. Yeah, that's unacceptable. That's un, that's unacceptable as a team. Because, yeah, yeah, we talk about defenders and set pieces, but also forwards are defending set pieces. And, and uh, set pieces is just about taking the responsibility of my man is not going to score the goal. If you do that, sometimes you cannot win. I'm 5'8", and I was uh, defending Brian Sheen and uh, Brian McBride. They're way taller than me. The only way I was able to compete is to push him a little bit, not to let him get in the position they will, that they're comfortable. And it's just commitment to uh, defend. You can be the strongest guy or not the strongest guy, but if you don't have commitment, you're going to concede goals and set pieces. They, they could do an upgrade in their defensive a lot, man. It's not really their, str their strong point. And Koulibaly is a guy we saw yeah. get you know, roughed up a couple times last season. And Greg Vaney was a defender. So. Greg Vaney, really good, left-footed. Uh, and is, and then Jonathan Bond was a little bit sloppy. You know, mm -hmm, he'll play, yeah. ble play better. Uh, but, you know, if they're looking in the summer market, maybe that's something to where they can upgrade. I, otherwise, uh, Costa gets involved. Chicharito's been healthy and scoring goals. It's been uh, Efraim Alvarez scored a goal. He looks like he belongs. There's some good talent on this team. Hmm. I'm excited. Let's move on, and I have to do something I don't normally do. Max Bredos might have been right. Dallas might actually be the surprise what do you package. You don't normally do. <laughs> I, just, I don't like telling you you did well. Look, well you make it sound like it never happens, but it happens a fair uh, bit. I think ever yeah. since you got that NYCFC pick right, or before the playoffs started last season, Max Bredos goes, NYCFC, they're going to do it. Really? Called it. He did. Wow. He did. Against Vancouver, it. I think of that. that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he had that part wrong, but he had the, the, the finer points were right. Uh, he had that big call. But so Dallas hosts Nashville, 2 0 victory. Were you right, Max? Am I was. Is it, Dallas is it are too soon? Be well. First of all, uh, they're deeper than I thought. I mean, they could bring a guy like uh, Velasco, who scored that incredible goal. We'll talk about him. Uh, Facundo Quinon. These are guys they bring off the bench to close off. Uh, they got good young players. Remember the academies there, and they always bear some fruit along the way. Uh, the, uh, to me, watching that guy, Paxton Palmet calls much improved from his 2021 form. Um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Paxton's the guy for Paul Arriola. Paul Arriola. Paul Arriola, Paul Arriola was all over the place. Yeah. Picked up the penalty. He was mm -hmm. flying. Now you have Velasco. Jesus Ferreira is going to start scoring goals. Very talented team. Um, they're going to be much improved. They're going to be a playoff team if they can stay healthy, obviously. But there's a, it's an exciting yeah. team to watch. Let's stay on Arriola for a hot second because there's a Liga mm -hmm. Mekis connection. Yep. Club America, how they they really really wanted him. Why would they really really want this player? I mean, obviously we're seeing that he can do well in MLS, but do they see something we're missing? Some well, people are missing. No, I mean he played he played for Cholos. He did well when he played for Cholos. He's a national team player, so obviously that that uh, adds to but the Club interest. America. Uh, that's the thing, you know, Club America, you, you said it, Club America, but Club America is here. It's not here anymore, you know, they don't have that much money. And actually, that was one of the biggest reasons I think uh, Paul Arriola decided to stay in MLS because the offer from Club America wasn't as uh, lucrative as, as Dallas. Uh, I think he did the right move because America is not a, a good, cl good club to go right now at the moment. I think he will have more stability, especially because it's a World Cup year. And obviously, he wants to be part of that final roster and he will have that um, playing time here in Dallas, if he was with America, it could have been completely different. Um, but something about the game, I, I'm, I was really surprised with FC Dallas because it's not easy to score goals on, on Nashville. It's one of their strengths, uh, defense, and uh, just uh, n not just the ability of, of uh, create football on, on an open play, but also uh, when they didn't have the ball, they were defending well, something they struggled in previous seasons uh, with different coaches.
I'm a little worried about Nashville. That was my pick. Well, being, really in the West, being in the West is going to yeah. be hard for them because the, the West top is better than the East top. Well, they had an MLS record. By a little bit, too. MLS record in draws, and that was in the East. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like humans always think, oh, they'll just keep getting better, right? Because they added more pieces. Mm. Ake Loba, who I think is going to yeah. become good. I think he's a very big piece that really they just need a couple more goals to mm. get over those draws. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's actually going to go the other direction as they mm. move to the West. And, like, and I was right. Again. <laughs> again. <And> again. Again. <laughs> Stop saying Honey Mukhtar needs to get some goals. Remember, he was low in my, uh, uh, but he can't, he can't in my DP rankings. He's been coming more. out next week, I've been told. So will he be on the top ten? I doesn't look like it. But uh, uh, Do they have to be? I mean, what, what I'm saying is that. Uh, Does he have to score goals? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that uh, probably we're, we're hyping Nashville up. And, and if they make it to the playoffs, regardless of the position, I think that's good for them. You know, yeah. it's, it's, It hasn't been. Uh, it was a surprise last season, yeah. at least to me. So if they uh, continue being a, a playoff team, I think uh, they're building something good. Well, will they be a playoff team? You look at the West, Seattle, Portland, the Gal the two L.A. teams. You throw wow. Dallas. Uh, Colorado won it last year. Wow. Uh, where does Nashville fit in? It's going to be tough to make because there's seven teams. It's not a lot of room. Jeez. Wait. All right. We got to move back out east. I only care because right again. <laughs> I'm only care. I only care because I'm invested. This was my pick. This they'll make it. They'll, be, they'll be in. Let's let's go to Atlanta where. Within a couple of minutes of the broadcast, they wanted to name this rivalry. And Max Bredos has hot takes <laughs> on naming rivalries. You hated it. I just it, Did you turn it, off the TV? You were like, no, I can't do it. No, it. it got us sidetracked on the game. Everyone's like, what do we name it? I go, who cares? Yeah. Like Jesse Marsh says, who cares? Right. Uh, it was, look, we went and I, I when the, working for LAFC and when the Galaxy, when the LAFC came into the league and everyone said, what do we name this rivalry? And they came up with a good name, but still tears some people apart uh, as to where you stand on that. But those are two teams in the city. You knew that was going to be uh, automatic. Atlanta and Charlotte are close to each other, but not exactly neighbors, although it's incredible that we have this many teams in the South. So there will be a name. It'll come. Let it come organically, and then, and then we can deal with it. But uh, I, I will say I, I, I'm glad the game played, the way out, played out the way it did because it was an entertaining good game, and it's a good start to develop a rivalry, but let's wait on the name. Yeah, I, I totally <coughs> agree. I mean, I think that the biggest rivalry they have is the, the attendance, right? Because yes. they broke the record, and, and it's a good start, obviously, with the fans. The pack them in rivalry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Yeah, but I agree with you, Max. I think to, to grow a rivalry, it has to happen on the field, right, with good performances, with good individual performances, something that you will remember as a fan. And I think this first game, it was something that, for sure, Atlanta uh, fans will remember, and, and <coughs> on the other hand Charlotte defender uh, the I mean fans and defenders of course they will remember because he was last minute it was an emotional oh. victory for Atlanta and a heartbreaking defeat for for Charlotte right well I do think that the Charlotte defenders are always going to remember this one I, I, have, <laughs> I have a photo from this match right after Atlanta scored let's take a look at this photo that's a little excessive. that's what I was talking about look oh. man, I, I filled him I yeah. filled him uh, can I, I, I've, been, I've been impressed by Charlotte. I thought they'd be the worst Why? team in MLS because they're competitive. Uh, I thought they would lose games by three or four goals. Yeah. They've been competitive in all these games. They, they took the lead over DC United in the first week. It was disallowed. Yeah. Then they kind of let it get away. But uh, if you keep losing, these games are going to get worse. I'm but I'm surprised that they've been hanging in there with teams that you would consider good. Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta United, even yeah. though it was a shorthanded Atlanta team. I'm worried that since that VAR callback that we haven't seen any football ideas out of them. I mean, they are hanging mm. in there. I mean, for a new team, 
Is being resolute the first thing that you want more than anything, or, well, or should they have some more ideas by well, this point? Well, it's kind of hard to say what, what type of ideas, because uh, you might not like what, I, what you see on the field, uh, but maybe if I'm the coach, it's like, I don't care, uh, you know, playing a tiki-taka or a beautiful style of football. What I want to get is the results. And I think that's a big issue with uh, new coaches that don't know the league uh, because probably want to play in a certain way, and, and they uh, fast find out that this is a complicated league to coach because you have so many locks, you have some players that um, are different than what you're used to, and I think that's the case with the Spaniard coach in, in Charlotte. But uh, but I agree with you, man. I think they've been competing, and, okay. and I think pretty soon they will find their way to compete even better. Uh, but so, uh, Saki was saying, pointing out that uh, Velasco reminds of Facundo Torres. We should say Tiago Almada also came off the bench for Atlanta. Yeah. So all these high-profile South oh, American yeah. players are in. Mm -hmm. Velasco's producing, so that's exciting for uh, the league moving into the spring. What a goal. Good goal. Yeah. Let Very me ask good. you this. Do set pieces excite you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, then you're in luck because so far through three MLS match days, it's been all about the set piece. It really has. There's been 35 set piece goals. That's one in every three goals scored in the league this year has been set wow. pieces. And I'm wondering when, when you have a limited amount of time, limited preseason, and we're talking about football ideas, the one thing that you can instill your team is Set pieces, no? Yes. Are some coaches missing the boat here? Well, that's a differential fact factor in uh, nowadays in soccer. And uh, Liverpool, you know, they hire a coach specifically for throw-ins. And it's like, okay, come on, uh, you're kidding me. No, 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 that's a reality. And they improved on that. So when you see these, uh, you know, top or world-class teams hiring coaches specifically for that, that tells you that you have to focus on that aspect of the game because that can be the difference of winning a championship, getting a point or not. So, yeah. They need to work more on set pieces. What? What is the league of parity, right? Yes. So any incremental advantage you can of get. Of course, you've got to take a, take advantage of it. What do you think the uh, throw-in coach at Liverpool makes? <laughs> you plus you, but it's all it's more than all I'm of us. I think it's 200k pounds a year because it's Whoa. Liverpool, right? So maybe what's that in dollars? So maybe when you're doing these long throws at your practice, just do it because it could be a lucrative career at the end of the day. Yeah. But uh, I, hmm. I think this also goes aligned with. Uh, how the game's being officiated. And MLS is pretty open about what they are going to call, what they're going to do. So the, the clues are there to find a way to get set pieces. So if you're looking for a competitive edge, there's something there, Vince. I, I agree with you 100%. Yep, yep, yep. I think all my Good take. guys in the chat who really would have wished they could have been where Mariano was, which is on the field as a professional soccer player, are now <laughs> even more upset because their coaches didn't tell them. You could be a set-piece coach. You could make yeah. just you as much as a professional coach. soccer player. There's probably some yeah. guy doing long throws, and the coach will go, what are you doing? Yeah. Get in the game. And if he only, if only stuck to his guns. All right, let's jump out of MLS to the Continental game. No MLS team has ever won the CONCACAF Champions League until maybe this year. Things are looking very good right now. Knock on wood. <laughs> Seattle and New England both take a 3-0 first leg lead into Mexico. You're making Mariano uncomfortable with the way they're leading. We haven't got there yet. NYCFC is up 3-1 heading to Guatemala to wrap up their tie with Comunicaciones. Meanwhile, Montreal heads back to Quebec, only down a goal to Cruz Azul. So let's start right there, guys. How big is it that Cruz Azul only managed a single goal at Azteca? Hmm. I think it's it's huge for uh, for Montreal. I think uh, Cruz Azul could have scored a couple more. But, they could have uh, scored nine. Yeah, but, but they, they had, like, didn't. like 20-some shots. It was, it, yeah. was, it was In two leg ties, though. Not nine, when, but they could have scored. Yeah, a when you yeah. know that it's 180 minutes total, I mean, this is the proverbial a loss that feels like a victory. It has to be, right? Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I always remember what Zinedine Zidane used to say in the press conferences. Uh, you have to learn how to struggle on the field 
because if you go through that, you will have a better chance to get the result you want. And I think that's what Montreal did in Azteca Stadium because all the circumstances, right? The, the elevation, the Cruz Azul team and all that. And just coming off from that uh, game with only uh, one goal, I think is great for them, especially after what we saw against Santos in the previous round. Mm -hmm. uh, Historically, Montreal has some and play, and, Dragging rights, they should talk about. And they play well at home. They're going to make yep. it really uncomfortable. Oh, Remember, yeah. they played the one at the Olympic Stadium. I don't mm -hmm. know if they're doing that again, mm -hmm. but maybe. Uh, they but should. They should. And Montreal holds the key. If they can somehow knock out Cruz Azul, it's over. An MLS team is winning. Oh, yeah. really? You don't you don't you believe Pumas? in Pumas and Leon? <laughs> oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I think an MLS team can reverse what happened in the first leg, whether it's Leon or Pumas. Probably Pumas more likely. But... Montreal holds it in their hands, and I, I, if, Cruz, if Cruz Azul hangs around, they could win this. That's the one that that you could have three MLS teams. And, and This happened when uh, Chivas won it, Ron. I think there was mm -hmm. three MLS teams mm -hmm. and Chivas, and Chivas won it. You can't repeat that. You've got to put the hammer down. All the signs are indicating that this is the year for MLS, but Montreal could take care of it this week. Boom, yep. it's over. Yep. Yep. I'm actually going to disagree with you guys. Ooh. This is a severe tactical error. By Montreal, and I told Mariano this before the show. You should have let him score three or four, and then Cruz Azuliado. It's <laughs> over in Quebec. Cruz Azul right now is like, oh, we have nothing to lose. We know yeah. what we're doing here. We know, we know what's going on. Uh, I, I joke though. So let, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, which is probably the tastiest matchup. Although with the scoreline now, who knows? Seattle are up three nil. They head to Leon. By the what? way, it is at the Olympic Stadium. It is going to be yes, at the Olympic yeah. Stadium. Great. What what does an MLS team what should they really be focused on up 3-0 going to Mexico? Uh, the first 15 minutes of the game, you know, stay solid and compact. I'm not saying to park the bus, but stay solid and compact. Leon is a team that if you let them get the ball and, and uh, find their flow in the initial minute, they will kill you. Even though they didn't have a good performance this weekend and their goalkeeper, which is a solid goalkeeper, had two terrible mistakes. If you let them have the ball and find their flow and their rhythm, you're in trouble. If you break the game with little pull, little push, tactical foul, professional fouls, and you let them and you don't let them find that rhythm, I think you will be on the other side. Those are the things MLS teams have just been lacking in general, right? Like the the gamesmanship, the competitive mm -hmm. nature. But this Seattle team's got a lot of guys that have played in these, you know, Xiao Paulo, Rui Diaz. I mean, they should know how to muck up the game a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and they're, 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 they've built this Seattle team to win this competition. And this is what they've been focusing on. You've seen it with their MLS play. New England, too. Uh, they have focused on this um, to New York City FC as well, focusing on this competition because they know. And I think there's a more of a focus this year than in years past because they know how important it is for the MLS, for MLS, and how it can change the perception really quickly. But uh, Seattle, to me, seems like a team that is – built to protect this lead but to Mariano's point and we've seen it happen before one becomes two becomes three yep. really quickly and then all of a sudden you're going to halftime the aggregates all square it's happened before it's no exaggeration it happens quick you've got to make sure you're ready for that kick in hostile environment yeah that field just starts to tilt 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 yeah. till yeah. it feels like you're just running uphill but you know what it's a perfect storm in the situation the perfect situation for Seattle because they're not happy with Holland the Argentine coach from Leon the fans were booing a couple of weeks ago. They got the result against Chivas in the final minutes. But ever since that game, everything is it's downhill. So if Seattle can go and score the first goal, I think it's over. I think it's over. I don't see how Leon can come back from this if, if Seattle manages the game well. 
Let's move on to, uh, or maybe not, I was going to say the team that we feel probably feels the most comfortable, NYCFC. They're going to Guatemala, which is not an easy place to play. Although I would say where they played their last match, they were not the home team. There was more Comunicaciones fans <laughs> there than NYCFC fans, but they're up 3-1. to one. They seem to be one of the class teams in this competition. Are you worried at all about this 3-1 lead for NYCFC? No. Uh, New York City FC, they, they were so good this weekend. They've been really good in the last couple games. I would think Comunicaciones are going to be pretty scared when they see the talent. Uh, this uh, New York City FC team, when you look at the talent and how it projects, some of the best talent we've ever had in this league collectively. Mm -hmm. uh, Santi Rodriguez and Talis Magno and Tati Castellanos, and the list goes on. You forget some of these guys. It's a really good team. This is the big side of the bracket because you can project a Seattle, New York City FC team if those two teams finish the job here. But hats off to Comunicaciones and those Guatemalan supporters. This is a huge deal to see that team there. So they're going to be spirited, and they're still within touch. They're still within touch that if they get a goal early, they can yeah. make it interesting. Yeah, and what's it like when you go, I'm going to say smaller country because just by size. Yeah. But in their love of football, definitely not smaller. What is it like when you go to play in countries like Guatemala? Well, obviously, they, they uh, rely a lot on the emotional side, right? They're playing at home. They want to make you feel uncomfortable being on the field. And uh, if, again, it's the same situation with Leon. If they, uh, if New York City uh, finds a way to manage the game and those emotions and bring the, the intensity uh, to a level that they feel comfortable with, I think the quality will prevail on the field. Uh, you put a team, uh, an experienced team together to these type of competitions, and I think uh, New York City FC, they have that quality and experience. Uh, the South American players won't feel um, you know, scared or afraid to go and play under those circumstances, and I think that's a huge advantage for the MLS team. And they probably have the two best center backs in the competition, right? Without a doubt. Collins and Chanel are just, you know, yeah, when they're on their game, it's hard to get past those guys. It is, yeah. Collins, the national team player, you know, playing in, in the World Cup qualifiers, so going to hostile environments, he's used to it. So it will, it will be good. I think New York City will be good. Also had a goal this weekend, so he's got what, confidence. What a goal. Yes, and what a goal. Going. Yeah, yeah. He's had confidence since that game in Portland. Yeah. Actually, before that, he scored the game-winning penalty against New England, then the game-winning penalty against Portland. So he's yeah, he's riding great, pretty high right great now. Great vein of form, New York City. Good, yep. good time to be him. Just get you him know a bigger what's banner. probably not a good time to be? Uh, Mariano Trujillo, because we're about to talk about Pumas. Yeah, man. Uh, how, Mariano, how important was that third goal to New England against Pumas? It was amazing. It was good for them because the, that gives them the opportunity to manage the game in a way that Bruce Arena feels comfortable with, which is, yeah, sitting back a little bit, uh, parking the bus if they need it because they have quality up front. You know, Hill, Bo, Buxa, uh, you name it. Um, they will feel um, in a good spot to knock Pumas out of the competition, but you know, if uh, Pumas is known for something in Mexico is because they can come back with tough situations. And just, just remember that uh, well, a couple of years ago, the uh, Liguilla in Mexico, 4-0, it's like a stadium against Cruz Azul. They play in, in uh, Ciudad Universitaria and they score enough goals to kick Cruz Azul out. So this is a team that is it's, uh, uh, eager to get good results and uh, they have good chemistry with the fans and with the coaching staff. So they need to score at least one goal in the initial minutes to, to have some uh, chance to, to beat New England. Who do you think is more comfortable sitting back, Seattle or New England? Seattle. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think it's because that midfield. That midfield can dictate things and switch things up and counterattack okay. it quickly. Although New England's very good. And they had an offseason where they brought in Sebastian Legette and Josie Altador, veteran guys who are familiar with 
the trials and tribulations of playing these kind of games, yeah. that's going to come in handy. And I think this is exactly the reason that Bruce Arena was able to put that together. And like they do play very well out of the back. So they yeah. can be cautious. Three goals is just a lot. If there's one danger that's why that third goal is so from big. Pumas, for those watching, who should they really be looking out you know, for? I will say um, I was surprised by Alan Mosso's performance. It wasn't his best. He's been on fire in Liga MX. Um, because you have Dineno, you have Diogo and Rogerio. Those three guys on top, they can create trouble, but they need uh, a player that can feed him, and that's Alan Mosso. Uh, also, um, the former Galaxy, uh, I forgot his name, uh, number 10. Um, uh, for the Argentine. Um, oh. Man, he's just scored an amazing goal this weekend. Uh, That's he, a crafty player, playmaker. Um, he played with, Mar with Slatan. No, 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 it's not Sarvas. He's an Argentine and he played with Slatan Ibrahimovic. Oh, Sarvas is Brazilian. Ibrahimovic. Fabio. 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 Oh, Fabio. Fabio Alvarez. Fabio Alvarez. I'm sorry, yep. Pumas fans. Fabio Alvarez, yeah. If he if Pum, he's Pumas fans, Mariano Trujillo over here. <laughs> if he's on, if he's on, he can be the playmaker. But again, I mean, New England Revolution has a lot of experience and talent in the middle of the field, and especially intensity to close the space and make it hard for, for Fabio Alvarez and Alan Moss. Max, do you think Carlos Hill is going to love the weather and they're going to be able to play some football? Do you think he'll understand what's going on? At the on? Universitario? Maybe he's going to complain about uh, yeah. pollution and all that. Yeah. Uh, he'll find something bad. as bad at Universitario as it is in no, other parts no, of Mexico City. No, no, so no. it's not a huge, it's a home field advantage, and it's an intimidating place, but not like going somewhere else. Okay, quickly before we move on from CCL, how many MLS teams in the next round? Max? Three. Mariana? Yeah, I think three. Three. Yeah. I want four. Three and a half. Yeah, yeah. Three, three and a half? No, it, we're not doing your ratings. That was the show. That was the show, that was the show prior. This is the, this is the year. This Who's is the year. still too good. Yeah. All right, everyone likes a good meme unless you're the butt of the joke. Uh, but since this is our show, we'll never be the butt of anything and any meme. And in this next segment, let's check out the best MLS memes of the weekend. All right, guys, let's take a look on our, our screen here. Actually, that's me. I'm not a meme. Are you? Are we? Yeah, are we're, sure? we're not yet. Not yet, at lot. least. <laughs> <laughs> I love this meme this in general. Anytime people use this for something, but is he playing the middle finger? Oh, um... double birds, friend. Anytime you get double birds in a meme, I'm a fan. <laughs> well, that's, Wait, I don't that's, follow. What was it? That's harsh, man. It's, it's Cincinnati finally Cincinnati won a game, finally, and they're celebrating yeah. like as if they oh, they got, got a medal, but they're yeah. still very much got a long ways to go. Yeah. And the double bird. They were super lucky against Orlando. The goalkeeper was amazing. The next couple are about our friends at NYCFC. We spoke the praises of them at TCL, but uh, they had there was a little something that went on in their game. Literally. Yeah, a little, <laughs> it, was, it was little, little literally. Let's let's take a look at a couple of these memes about this thing. What happened? Oh. Oh, oh really? It needs to be at least three times this size. Yes. Wow. What is this? A performance? What is that? A business card or what, what is it? Uh, Max, use some information on this banner. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, well, here's, yeah, here's another one. <laughs> the banner, you can see it there, right? From Community. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I spoke to the uh, New York. Oh, boy. Everyone loves a good uh, office uh, meme. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's good. Solid, That's a good one. Solid. Uh, wow, it's an endless pit of uh, memes. Max, what can you tell us about that, I, that I banner? I spoke to New York, some of the New York City FC folks, and I go, there's going to be a bigger one. And they're like, no, oh. that's it. And I'm like, this, this is why you got to have your own stadium. If there isn't enough reasons, this is Yankee Stadium at play, I'm sure. And they'll, they're going to feed you, this is holy ground. Oh, Babe Ruth. And I, and I get it. But that's just another reason why New York City FC are always going to be second fiddle there. And as soon as the league can fix it, and I know they're trying to, but 
they could do whatever they want, put as big of a banner, but I'm sure the Yankee organization's behind this, and uh, and it's really, it's unfortunate. It's, this is winning an MLS Cup. You imagine the screen Your printer first. that got that order is like, oh, NYCFC is coming here for our banner. It's gonna be a good one. We charge yeah. a lot. <laughs> What, what now? We got 20 bucks to spend. And you, you want, what, 20 business cards with it? What do you yeah, need? I know. What is it, like the Stonehenge uh, in uh, Spinal Tap yep, movie? That was another, that was another meme that, was that somebody had for, from that's, Stonehenge. That's, yeah, that's painful. Do I the, agree. They do need, the players care about it at all? Uh, no, I don't think so, to be honest. But obviously, uh, what, what they do care is to play in a good stadium, in a soccer stadium, right? Because the dimensions of, of uh, the soccer field over there are not, are not proper, especially because of the type of football they play. So hopefully they can, they can get their own stadium uh, the, the way it should be for an MLS champion. But don't put a banner up if that's it, because you're going to open up yourself to criticism. Yes. Just the same way the LA Rams, when they won the Super Bowl, don't have a parade. You knew no one was going to show up. <laughs> Don't have have a party in the forum with the players. Don't have a parade. I could have told you no one was going to show up. Uh, yeah, These true. are things you got to think about beforehand. True, true, true. Yeah. Uh, we got Thickety Wicked saying I went to a Yankee game and an NYCFC game. That's right. That, that is the uh, text version of a meme there. There you go. <laughs> Do you guys there have you a go. favorite? Which one, which one was your favorite from those three? Uh, I have to say the office always. Yeah, the really? office one. I yeah. want to see the Stonehenge one now. If you had it, <laughs> I really love this. It said eleven by eleven. I, there's the office. That one, one. yeah. I really love the Zoolander yeah. one just because I keep hearing yeah, him say it's got to be at least three times as yeah. big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's making fun of male models. Oh work. yes, yeah. Max, is, Max is a thing about Zoolander. We'll fill you in. Don't later. make fun of male models, man. We make the world go round. Back in oh, the day. Uh, All right, there were a lot of choices for MLS Player of the Week this time around, but there could only be one. But fortunately, there are three of us, so technically, there are three, if we're in disagreement. Mm. That makes sense? It doesn't matter. Mm. Who is your MLS Player of the Week? While you guys let us know in the chat, I'm gonna ask Vince to give me his choice for Player of the Week. So Vince, who is your guy? I'm going with Lucas Zellerion. He has four goals and one assist already this season. Uh, but we're just talking about the week. The man scores only bangers. I think he's, every one, single one of his goals have been from outside the box. So he's been incredible for a Columbus team that, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised when they weren't very good. And the fact that he's literally just carrying them on his back, they scored the most goals in the Eastern Conference. You know everything flows through him because literally if he's not involved, he doesn't care about the game. He just kind of walks around. So it's all been going through him, and he is the only one. That's kind of a dig for your player of the week. All of a sudden, no. take a little dig at him. <laughs> I, lo I love yeah. him, but there's times where I see him walking around. He goes, hey, if you're not passing me the ball, I don't need to be here. Uh, but when he's involved in the game, he is easily one of the top three players, and he should be moving up your DP rankings. Mm -hmm. He will. He shall. And he was in the top ten. I think it was like seven. Yeah, well, maybe he should be up in the top three after yeah. this week. After this week, yeah. Easy. Probably, probably. Well, uh, my player of the week is, I know you guys like the, the, the guy that scores goals and, and all that, right? But no, I'm not that type of guy. I'm a little bit more analytical until my player is... We did not tell you to pick this one. Sanchez. No, 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 of course not. You know, I, I honestly believe that the Spaniard is it's a player that brings a different uh, spectrum in any team he, he plays. And now with LAFC, you can see that midfield with more balance. Uh, he's a great decision maker. Uh, he creates. He also helps defensively. And just, probably he's not the fastest. He's not the strongest, but he's super smart. And I always gonna choose smart players over talented players. So 
Just because of that, Sanchez is my player of the week. And, and wait, he's going to be even better. Wait, is that not a dig too? So consistent. Not the fastest, not the strongest. I know. No, but yours not the most talented. <laughs> yours, you, just he, you just said he was lazy. Okay. He says he's right. overperforming. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much that he's lazy. It's just, I'm getting. When he's not walking he's, around the whole yeah. time. Well, he's not going to go find the ball. He's like, hey, I'm the man. Play it through me. And if they don't, if they go around him, he goes, well, why am I even here? What Carlos am I doing Valdanaba, here? all-time great. And yeah, this, I, that's I exactly what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, Ralston, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't blame him. Give me the ball. Yeah. yeah, don't blame him. I'll make it happen. So, what do you got, Max? my player of my He's got to wait to see it, or do you have no, it? No, I've got it. And these <laughs> are the kind of players that I love in this league that have to prove themselves time and time again. Uh, Brandon Vasquez was with Atlanta United, left exposed, picked by Nashville United in the expansion team. Then he was sent off to FC Cincinnati. Brenner couldn't play, had an injury, so Vasquez comes in, scores two goals, won a game winner in their first victory in, what, 15 games or something like that. Uh, this is a significant moment for a guy that just works his tail off. And they were nice goals. Brandon Vasquez, uh, who knows where this starts off for FC Cincinnati because they were really bad in the first two games. And they took a big turn on the road against an Orlando team. So uh, right now, FC Cincinnati indebted to Brandon Vasquez for what he was able to do. Hmm. Well, let's take a look at uh, we got a full screen of the, uh, the team of the week. Uh, and while we look at the team of week, because I know there's one Ilya Sanchez in it, Ramiro says, Ilya hasn't won me over yet. Maybe, Mariano, you could tell Ramiro what, what he should be looking for in, in, in Ilya's game. What is he maybe missing? He said dot, dot, dot yet. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. no, I think he's going to have it, but maybe tell him what to look for because <clears throat> he's one of those players where it's kind of like a Busquets type player. Where there you, you go. Have to watch, yeah. You have to watch the game around him, not where the ball is. Yeah, don't wait for amazing plays. Don't wait for highlights. Keep an eye on him when he's on the field because he's the glue in between the offensive and the defense. He's the guy that makes the decisions just with one movement, even without the ball. He opens spaces, he creates spaces. He's always dictating the pace. And I'm not saying that before him, LAFC didn't have enough quality, but probably the decision-making sometimes, specifically in important games, he wasn't there. With him, you have experience, you have quality, a very technical player. He's always in a good position. He makes it look so simple, you know, that I feel like, whoa, I, I still can play. You know, if I play like that guy, he's obviously it's impossible at my age. But, but yeah, he's, he's amazing. Look for him when he doesn't have the ball. That's, that's the most impressive thing. So for Ramiro, I think it's good advice. You guys both touched on it. Next time you watch an LAFC game, just watch Ilya Sanchez for five minutes mm -hmm. and just see where he goes without the ball, how he supports his team how he's an outlet, those things, and you will you will see pretty quickly why he's so valuable. And it seems like a little thing. You figure anyone could do that. It's not the case. No, no, no. It's no. a very it, – you, you have to be wired a certain way. And Ilya Sanchez, you got to put your body on the I line. Like You'll that. see that a fair bit. Field general. And, and look, they, they said Mark Anthony K and Sanchez uh, would have been better. I, I like Acosta and Sanchez because I think they complement each other uh, better. Yeah. I think Mark Anthony K, Mark Anthony K will be – Sanchez in a couple of more years, but the intensity and the pace is pretty pretty much the same. But Acosta is more dynamic and more more intense, so I think it's a good complement in the middle of the field. Well, guys, this is the time for you to send in some questions. We have Mariano Trujillo here, so please don't don't fail to ask questions. And remember, we we do the LAFC show at 1 p.m. This is the MLS show, so let's <laughs> let's try to do broader MLS shows, uh, MLS show type questions, and then after that, we'll go to stoppage time. I love what we've got uh, from you guys so far, and we've been kind of answering some questions, uh, especially about Ilya Sanchez. Uh, Andreas Franco is asking, what is the must-watch game this upcoming weekend? I think Max Bredos is pulling up the schedule. I'm pulling up look the at schedule. It. But look at it. What, what, what sticks out to you? 
<laughs> well, there's not a big rivalry game because those are pick for Saru rivalry. Well, yeah, that's fine. Saying, we don't we don't need another I'm just saying, week where we have to figure out a name be, for these things. These right? games will all be good, but when you and I was telling you this before, it's pretty intimidating to look at the schedule for MLS and see all these games. It's 28 teams. It's hard to pick one out. But uh, I'd say New York City FC, Philadelphia. Those are two. That's where my teams. eye went first. And New York City after that weekend. Although they're going to probably be pretty, they might play some reserves because of the week they're going to have. We talked about uh, Cincy getting in the win, and you you were surprised that Orlando lost that game. Yeah, I was Orlando surprised. now has to travel to Galaxy. Maybe that's another one to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, especially because what Galaxy is doing, and because I know Oscar Pareja very well, I know his uh, style of football, his mentality, and, and I like every time uh, Oscar Pareja team is on the field, I know I'm going to get entertained. So, yes, without a doubt, Galaxy and Orlando, uh, it, it's, a, it's a good game. Um, and I'm expecting goals, actually. Yeah, they're kind of similar. Both play yeah. like a 4-2-3-1, exactly. both really rely on a 10. Yeah. And they like to build that from the back. Obviously, Oscar was a little bit different than Greg Vanius player. And obviously, you uh, bring that when you're a coach, uh, when you're uh, you know, transmitting your, your message. Um, but I think it will be a good and entertaining game, actually. Uh, let's go to uh, Soccer USA. Are, are the Red Bulls the real deal? They look young and exciting yeah. to watch. I mean, they have a system. Anytime you have a system, and, mm. and look, not just they have the system, they have a whole backing behind them of a scouting system. Disappointing loss this weekend for them. But uh, Yeah, but, but they know what they're looking for, right? They know the type of player they're looking for, and they just say, plug into the system, plug into the system. You're always going to, you always should be kind of okay, but I think they finally maybe hit on a few signings that in hmm. prior years they've kind of lacked on. I mean, they're not even, uh, Max, help me with this because you're better with the Brazilian names. <laughs> Loquinhos? Loquinhos. Loquinhos. Yes, yeah. he, hasn't even, he hasn't even really played yet. So they still got guys coming in. Yeah, and there he's he's a big name, but they were smart with some other moves. Lewis Morgan. Uh, we were jo- we were clowning on them for how much they spent for Lewis Morgan. Yeah. Then he goes out and bags a hattie against yeah. Toronto. He had some good attempts this weekend too. Um, Aaron Long is healthy, so that's a guy who's if he plays all yes. season is going to be one of the best defenders in the league. You can I take agree. that to the bank. Uh, they're going to have some good academy players. We wait for Caden Clark. We're not sure. Tolkien's a great wing back. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the top players in that position. I love his hair. Uh, New York Red Bulls, I, I, they'll be there in the playoffs. They always find good talent. And being connected to Red Bull with their network of mm-hmm. clubs, in a pinch, they'll be able to get some players. Yeah, I think you, you, you nailed it. When you have a system in place, it's easier to bring players because you know what you need and you know the skills you need to keep that uh, structure going. And I think what the Red Bulls are doing, uh, not just here in MLS, all over the, the, the world with what they have. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think they're, they're, doing, they're doing well. And uh, the Brazilians guys will fit in because they didn't, they didn't bring those guys just because they were good players, because they were a good fit for their structure. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to Ramiro because we have Mariano here in a Liga Mekis connection. San Jose getting stale under Matias Almeida. Is it time for a change? What can you tell us about what Matias oh Almeida does to a team after, what is this, his third year now? Yeah. Uh, he, he's like a Conte-esque figure. He kind of wears teams down. What, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, I, I said that it, was, uh, it wasn't easy to coach in MLS, and, and I was uh, referring to the Spaniard coaches that arrived to the league. Well, it was the same with Matias Almeida. It's, it's uh, something different when you get to a club and you ask, oh, I need a forward, I need a holding midfielder, I need a goalkeeper, and they have enough money and, and all the freedom to bring players. Here you have to adjust to the rules they have. And if you add to that the, the idea of adding pressure and, and being aggressive, the way the MLS, uh, the, the way MLS is played, the second half teams open a lot. So you have tons of space 
you know, in, in, on the field. And if you're not solid defensively, you're not going to see a lot of goals. A lot of goals, I'm sorry. And that's what's been happening with San Jose. So I think it's time for San Jose, for San Jose to change um, just because I think Matias Almeida did what um, he needed to do with San Jose. And I think it, it's time to take the next step towards being a competitive team. Could Matias be more successful with a different MLS team, or is it just this league's not, he's yeah. not right here? Well, I think uh, Mariano, I th he hasn't, he was never prepared for how it works. And we've seen managers say, I need this, this, and this. And they're like, that's your team, <laughs> but sorry. We might be able to do this. And they've kind of gotten a lot of the players that he's asked for. When you look at the connection, um, to Mike Fierro and Chofis. But it's just not a, a system that's working here. I, I'm surprised they brought him back this season. And I think the world of him, I think he's a really good coach, manager. It's just we, we've had plenty to see that this is not going to work, and they look like one of the worst teams in MLS. And as the season wears on, I think you're going to see them sink to the bottom along with some of those Eastern Conference teams. Probably the worst team in the Western Conference. It is time. It's time. It was time. time was, it was at the end of last season it was time. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. think he's trying to get himself out of his own contract. Some of the things he's been like saying. It. Some of the things he's been saying a little bit mm. too much for me. Uh, let's stick on uh, coaches under fire here. Let's go with Jerry's. Uh, will Miami's result against Cincy this weekend be make or break for Phil Neville? Is it? Is this it? Is this it for Phil? Does he have to? Ha I mean, I I still I know that everyone's hammering on Phil and, and they should be better, but I don't think we're taking into consideration just how big the fines levied on them, and that's their own doing. I mean, but that's not Phil's fault. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to coach this team when literally he he can't get. You want to talk about Matias Almeida being like, I need this and this, and they go, yeah, we just don't have the money. Miami has the money, but they literally can't because they've been levied, what was it, like almost $2.1 million in GAM. I mean, they can't spend above the budget. I don't think it benefits them to make a change here. I think if Phil does the right things and is positive, they're not going to have a breakthrough season here. I, I think by season's end, they can compete for the playoffs. There's a there's a good enough of a foundation. I, I, like I was talking about the game with LAFC this weekend, um, Gregore and Jomota, who's playing a lot, mm -hmm. those are good additions. Some of these younger players are starting to come through, and some guys haven't had a chance to look at. Um, the LAFC game was frustrating after you would like to have seen a better response, mm -hmm. but I, I don't see changing a coach right now is going to make uh, a huge difference in, in a predicament that you're stuck with for the foreseeable future. Mm. You know, I, I had a chance to speak with uh, Vicente del Bosque, right? Mm -hmm. World world champion, uh, UEFA Champions League champion. And I asked him, what do you do when you uh, join a team as a coach? And he said, the first thing you, you have to do is to see what you have mm -hmm. and, pl and plan accordingly. I think uh, Neville is trying to play a system and a style of football that he's not able to because he doesn't have the players. That, I'm not saying that they don't have quality. I'm mm -hmm. saying he doesn't have the right players to play the way he wants to play. And if that is happening, then adjust as coach. Maybe you don't like it, okay? but you uh, build a solid foundation and then bring players that will add to your soccer idea. If not, you're going to continue losing and losing and losing. You lose confidence. And uh, in the end, you as a coach will have to leave the team. Really bad signing, like going back to Matuidi. And Gonzalo Higuain has not been a good signing because he's just not a good fit for a team well, like Well, I was going to say this. The, the, I think the biggest worry for Phil Neville, and Matt Doyle pointed this out in his column after the weekend, is yeah. pretty scathing of Gonzalo Higuain yeah. after that game, took him out of the game. I don't know if picking fights with your best – I mean, he's their most talented, most technical player. Yes, he might be older, and you could say what you will about – but you're going to need Gonzalo Higuain because 
there ain't no replacements. So yeah. I don't know if picking a fight with them is in the Zelarayan book of uh, efforts. May, uh, maybe even even lower <laughs> on the, the effort scale. But but he's still extremely talented. Just playing in a in a weird spot though. I mean, I guess that kind of fits what his skill set is now. But picking a fight with uh, Gonzalo again, yeah, no, is not that won't be. be smart. Andres Franco saying Messi to Miami solves all their problems. I don't know oh, if you yeah. see Messi playing no. games now. That's not <laughs> that's not the player they need right now. No, 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 no that's not the player they, they need. They need like a superhero who they can be in box, all four corners. They need box-to-box -box players. Yeah. You know, they need solid, decent players, probably no superstars. Mm -hmm. But that's the way you do it. You know, it's, slowly but surely you will get to the point that you can bring stars. We were talking about Red Bull. Right? They have a structure. Miami doesn't have any structure. So you can bring you can bring Pep Guardiola and it's not gonna work. Yeah. Angolo Conte would be great. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Awesome. I agree. All right, guys. Great. Brandon Erickson would be great, but he's yeah. gone. <laughs> I mean, any any kind of all action guy, yeah, as you all guys action. said, would, guys, would be yes, great. Yes, there you go. Great questions this week, as always, guys. So thank you for that. Let's move along to stoppage time. And since it's his debut, we're going to start Ooh. with Mariano and his stoppage time. So what do you got for us, Mariano? I said in the beginning of the show that I was excited about LA Galaxy, and I am. But not because of the team, not because of Chicharito. I'm excited because of Douglas Costa, the Brazilian player, the Brasileiro. Oh, Brasileiro. He didn't have a good season with Gremio. And, uh, and, and yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. But he's eager to go back to the status start that he had with Bayern Munich and Juventus. I watched the game against uh, Seattle Sunders and I saw a Brazilian player with a different attitude, eager to prove that he is still a good and superstar player. So I'm excited about Douglas Costa and actually I'm nominating the Brazilian to be close to the MVP Ooh. race this season once he, once he is Fit, he's going to be there. The other one that I'm excited about is Thiago Almada. Manchester City had an eye on the Argentine and he wanted him to go to England, but Atlanta United beat him. And that's a, that's a great uh, thing. That says a lot of things about Thiago Almada. He joined the, the game. He changed the game. He's very talented. He's young. So I'm, I'm excited about those two players uh, in Atlanta and obviously in LA Galaxy. But keep an eye on those two, especially in Douglas Costa, because I'm a fan. Wow, that's bold. I like it. Well, Mariano got the message that you should make bold predictions on, <laughs> yeah. on one-set right. football shows. Because we'll, have, we'll now I'm have confident. this on tape. And when it happens, we'll bring him out. We'll trot him out here and pat him on the back. He's if like, it doesn't happen, do don't you? bring me back, please. <laughs> <laughs> good point about Almas. Young South American players, you can go to England later. Come to MLS exactly. first, work things out, get there comfortable, and then go. Get used to the language. Get used to the language. And then you go to England. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. We speak the same language. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, my stoppage time is about the standings. Everyone's looking at all these teams and wondering who's good, who's bad, what's this, what's that. Chill out with the standings. We're three weeks in. I think the soonest you could probably look at the standings, I want to say eight games in, but really maybe about 10 to 12 games in especially because this is MLS. If you guys forget, a few years ago, a Seattle team were just absolute garbage. And they were one player away. They brought in Nico Ladero. They went on a run, and they took that run all the way into the playoffs, went all the way to MLS Cup. So what I'm saying here, guys, you always have time. And literally, you can play at just suboptimal levels, slightly above optimal levels, uh, until probably September and oh. still be able to get into the playoffs. <laughs> That's no fun. <laughs> Wait till September to look at the standings. Look, I'm just trying to tell you what, what, what the reality of MLS is. But right now, especially three weeks in, yes, LAFC is at the top. Yes, Columbus is at the top. But I think everything could change very quickly and very drastically when we mm. really get into the important months, which, like I said, September. So slow down with the standings talk. 
Let's just enjoy some of the football. Okay. Uh, uh, Jesse okay. Perez, you, you asked fair. when U.S. Open Cup begins uh, April. I believe it's April. So mm -hmm. okay, keeper. My stoppage time is uh, the Chicago Fire, who are unbeaten and even more impressively have not conceded a goal this season. We'll talk a lot about Gaga Slonina, teenage goalkeeper who's going to be on his way to Europe very soon. He, he's got just a great energy about him. He looks like he's wise bond his years, big, strong. Very exciting prospect, regardless of position at the top of the list at MLS. But this is a team, they haven't really got much out of Sheridan Shakiri. He was involved in the goal this weekend, and that's good. But it's a bunch of German and Slovakian or, or, or European-based players that they were able to put together that are doing a really good job for them. Wyatt Onsberg's an American who's done very well. This is a team, this is just the early foundation that they have set, and they're getting results as a really good defensive team. Are they going to be able to keep this up? Probably not. The goals are going to come. <laughs> Probably not. That's why I'm picking this now. But I love me some Slonina. And once they see where they can improve in the summer, they've already proven that they're going to spend money. And they will put money into this investment. And Chicago on their way back to being a playoff team. Maybe this season even. Maybe this season. Mm -hmm. Imagining... Remember when they basically won with one game left or like all these guys can go? We were yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Just yeah. imagine Chicago's where they were. It's been a nice upgrade. It's a good – they've done some nice moves. And I really think Shakiri, once he gets rolling, is going to have a he had, very He nice, had a good game. He had a good performance. He's going to have a nice weekend. career If here they make the playoffs, that's the turnaround of the year. Easy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that's it. That's the show. Mariano. My pleasure. Incredible Thank debut. You. Thank nice you for one. having me here, guys. Yeah. Any, any more nice things to say about Mariano or did you empty the chamber? No, I was going to say his perspective, you know, <laughs> the Liga MX perspective, especially as the two leagues come closer and closer. Yeah. I really enjoy having it. It's, it's good to put that all together. Max, you were okay. Mike, you're the OG. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> no one, no one ever, I host it. No one ever gives me any problems. You did a great job, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Your we'll takes work, were good. We'll work Thank on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, next time. <laughs> all right, bye, everybody. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.